This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Ahoy, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This chat features Pa Nilsson from the group Scar Symmetry. He did some time in Meshuggah as well. It was recorded aboard 70,000 tons of metal 2024. So plenty of topics covered. And here he is, Pa from Scar Symmetry. All right. <laughs> Australia, how are you doing? I'm Ben Ilson from Scars Inventory. Indeed, indeed. I'm yeah. here with Andrew yes. from Scars and Guitars. Let's very, go. Very good guitarist, I've got to say, too. Uh, but you know that. I mean, you've done instructionals and all sorts of things, and you're one of those sure. aspirational guitarists for a lot of people. They cite you as a specific influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I know, but look, look, let's talk about the boat, actually. I mean, this is the opportunity that we've got here. We're all on collectively of course you know otherwise we'd be in the ocean this what is it princess of the seas i think it's called for seventy thousand tons of metal do you enjoy the cruising experience i do i i have some like this is my third time on 70k but i, I also have some experience from the from the cruise ships in the baltic sea uh-huh. in between in between stockholm and helsinki finland okay yeah, so we have those drunken cruises that everyone goes goes on, and they actually um, arrange metal cruises there as well. All oh, right, okay. Which is it similar to uh, I wouldn't say it's similar because it's so much smaller. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. What about the the onshore experience? Did they offer you an opportunity to accompany a group of fans to go and do something? Are you doing that? Yeah, they like uh, inquired about our interest in that, but uh, yeah, we we all make sure you weren't doing that. We all opted out. <laughs> yeah, so I know I, I, it was interesting to see that Thomas from uh, Sodom was doing one. He's about the with the greatest of respect to Thomas. He's the last person I thought that want to do something like that, but there he is. He's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm I'm doing the 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 jam. Yes, thing. you are. Like I'm I'm playing with Blind Guardian. Wow. Like th- three of the guys from Dying Guardian, the guitar player, the singer, and the drummer. Okay. Uh, yeah. What did you, What song did you choose? We're playing uh, uh, Don't Talk to Strangers, Dio. And Felipe from Angra is playing bass. What, what a monster player. Yeah. I, well, I reckon it would have been more interesting, but you guys could pull it off anyway. Mm-hmm if you were told to pick up an instrument you'd never played before. So I'm sure you can play drums, but just tell you to play drums. Yeah, that, that could be a mess. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, it was all so accomplished. We, well, everybody knows you can play any song you want on the sure, instrument yeah. that you've got. So why not do something a bit different, but I digress, you know, I mean, it's, so there'll be something going, you guys didn't play it well, or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like, that's the point, you know. But um, the singularity, uh, Zenitaf, it's been out now over 12 months. It was your first album in nine years, if I'm not mistaken. You've been very busy with the sugar and there's another band on the tip of my tongue, Nocturnal Rights. Gotcha. Okay. Been very busy doing all that stuff. But did you feel as though that new album from Scar Symmetry, did it do for you what you wanted it to do? I guess it did. Yeah. it, It brought us back. It showed our fans and the, the world that we like still are a force to be reckoned with or something. There you are. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm like we, we also, before we released the album, we put out our back catalog on vinyl for the first time. Mm-hmm. So we did that and then the, the new album and it was, uh, 
it was pretty well received mm. and uh, like for being a band that was sort of away for nine years yeah only touring you know every now and then like very, very on a very small scale mm. uh, I think it's the audience seems to have stayed with us and even even grown grown in this yeah. year so like I, I don't I don't know what else to to ask for and mm. well I think anybody that was able to step into Frederick Fordendale's shoes and of course you evidently did it with a plum but people go yeah he's the guy so they tend to follow you across from Meshuggah, so you pick up the Meshuggah fans. Yeah. Is that what you found happened a little bit? Actually, to, to be honest, I have no idea. I, I have no idea how much that thing helped Scar, Scar Symmetry. I, I don't think it, it did a disservice to yeah. us. Yeah. So, so probably some spillover. <laughs> well, given it was your first album in nine years, is, do, you, do you feel any pressure whatsoever to release Volume 3? Uh, not really, because I'm immune to pressure, <laughs> uh, which sounds silly, but it's like I cannot I cannot work from from feeling pressure. And I just did an interview before before you here where I was asked what I'm gonna work on now, and like I'm I'm I've been starting writing music for a new album, okay. and uh, what I do now is because. Obviously, we want to do phase three, mm. and I already know what that is going to be. That is like a specific vibe, the specific thing that that's going to be, uh, and there's going to be like re recurring themes from phase one and two that's going to you know be presented in a new way in, in mm. phase three to kind of tie the whole thing together. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm going to write the final act, the third act of a movie. Yeah. So that's it's very set in what that is needs to be and uh, but I also have this this need and urge to do this that is not this uh, that wouldn't fit in the phase three thing so I'm I'm sort of writing and putting out ideas now uh, with a like an open mind mm -hmm. not thinking too much what I should do with it like yeah. I get an idea for a riff I, I just work on it and mm -hmm. then once it starts to take form I put it in either phase three, the phase three folder, or the sort of question mark folder, okay. and then I guess I will see which one of these cups gets filled first. Okay, and that's right. and yeah. that's what we will do for an album. So, so while I appreciate that a lot of fans would probably want us to go for phase three, mm. there's this other super exciting avenue that I'm exploring, so... Okay, so... Rightio. So you've got the power metal, if I can call it that, with nocturnal uh, rights, but then you've got something which is not even on the other side of the coin, it's a completely different thing that you're doing with scar symmetry, so they've got, you've got a third wheel going. Yes. <laughs> there you go. All right, okay. But scar symmetry, it's, it's your baby. Did it feel yeah. like coming home after being away from it for a while? Absolutely. And... I loved touring with Meshuggah, like it's one of my favorite metal bands. It's it's almost like it's the metal band, mm. you know, like definitely. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> and in that part of the music world, there's like, there's no higher, e e e what you call it, echelon, 
Yeah, acc- accolade to achieve if yeah. you're in the sugar or playing the music. Yeah, I mean, it's to your point. They're pretty much at the, t- the apex. They're the apex predator. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and and I loved it. And the the band is like, they're just a bunch of sweethearts, like the best people you'll ever meet. Yeah. If you get close to them, right. and like the the crew is good, and they treated me well. You know. Yeah. In the, like I, I felt really like a part of the band. You know, I, I didn't feel like a, a hired hired gun. I I felt from the years I did with them, I felt like very much like a part of band. And my That's opinion cool. about things, you know, mattered. Matter, yeah. And and we just had a really good time. And and um, but at the end of the day, it was still you know more of a job for me because I was playing someone else's music. Yeah. And I mean, they let they let me play my own solos. I actually asked Friedrich when I started the, the gig. I asked him, mm-hmm. "What do you think? Should I play some of your solos?" And he was like, "Do whatever you want." Mm-hmm. And, and he improvised his solos. Yeah. Uh, never playing them exactly as on the album. So I, I mm-hmm. figured that's the best way to do it, and, and it seemed to resonate with the audience as well. I, I agree. But, with I, you. but I, I found myself at times, you know, playing. European festival in front of thirty thousand people, I could feel my mind start to drift and think about like, what if I could be playing my own music, even though I loved the gig. Yeah. So okay, all right. So I I I, I miss the guys and I I miss the gig in in certain ways because it was yeah. so much fun and, and such an honor to get to do that. But right. as you know, there's no place like home. Exactly, but I, I don't think it's an unfair statement to say that I don't think anybody else could have done it. And I know there's guys out there, I understand that, but yeah. in terms of your history with the band and being Swedish and the connection that you have with the guys, and I've spoken to Thomas often, well, when I say often, I've had a very long conversation with Thomas, mm-hmm. and now spending time with you, I can see why you guys interface. You're yeah. similar people. I mean, they, they, they were also looking for uh, someone sort of their own age, mm-hmm. like, Maybe they, there are you know twenty two year olds that could play circles around me, but they they prefer to have someone in their own age group and yeah. and also where I, I I live like one and a half hours from the rehearsal space. So mm. we're we're also kind of from the same part of Sweden and you know we have the same yeah. background like we like the same kind of music and jokes and, and all that kind of stuff. So so it's that high. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, like because they they are super picky about they're gonna have someone with them on tour that like the social thing is gonna work. So I've spoken to many bands about this very issue and playing is almost beside the point to an extent. Yeah. Because playing is almost a given if you get the right person. Exactly. How it's they act and how what sort of a person they are and how they react with other personalities on tour on a tour bus or an aeroplane or at an airport when you're delayed by 12 hours. Yeah. Those are with their, their character revealing exercise. Yeah, and there's there's like simply no room for for an asshole uh, in, in this kind of situations. Yeah, you know? especially especially if you're sort of the hired gun. Like some sometimes a band leader can get away with being a little bit weird, but like the, the rest is just no way. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Yeah. But it does, it brings you back down to Australia. And um, as I mentioned up top, you are playing the back room in Brisbane, uh, mm-hmm. which is a decent venue. I think you'll enjoy playing there. I think it suits the band and, and what you'll be, um, and where you're at. Um, 
and there'll be hundreds of rabid fans. You'll see, you'll see it when you get down there. But my question around that is, have you got anything, because you haven't toured Australia before? Oh, no, no, never been. Okay, never so um, have you got anything special that you otherwise might not do elsewhere planned for the tour? We've got sort of a new thing, a new idea that we're going to do. And uh, before Australia, in, in March, we, we do a tour of Finland. And in Finland, the cities are pretty close to each other. It's like some of the stops are just two hours from the, the other city. Mm. So, so it's, it's quite possible that some diehard fans will, will travel to several places. And then we do Australia, we do those four days. Uh, and uh, I, those uh, distances are probably a little bit longer, but there, there might be diehard fans that go to a couple of shows right. since, you know, that's just like how often can we come there? Mm. And then um, um, and then we do Japan in May and we'll yeah. play in Tokyo twice, same venue. Oh, really? So, yeah, so the, what we're doing is we're setting up two, two set lists that we're going to rotate. Mm. So we're gonna do like half of the set is gonna be like the hits or like the fan fav favorites like Morphogenesis, uh, the Anomaly, Ghost Prototype One. I think it's gonna oh, be in both okay. sets. Mm. Uh, so half of the songs are gonna be in both sets, mm. and the other half are gonna be like totally mutually exclusive. So we'll we'll do like holographic universe one night and mm. Ghost World with like two the other night and, and stuff like that. So mm. if if you come to two shows and, and also it keeps things a little bit exciting also also yeah, because if you like yeah. you go online and watch what set list we had in Finland and you mm. come to the show in Brisbane and you you simply do not know exactly what you're gonna no. get no. there. Have you, um, A, have you been asked this question but B, uh, what do you think? A movie like Prometheus, you could almost, you know how people match Pink Floyd to Wizard of Oz and all that garbage, I don't know whether it's true or not that they sync up or whatever. But I feel like you're a, you're a musician whose music is tailor-made for that type of science fiction. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been approached to do a score for a movie, you know, in that realm like a Prometheus or a Blade Runner? No. Because that, do, do you agree with me what I'm saying? Do you think that you're musical lexicon suits that sort of science fiction film? Sure, I can, I can see it. Yeah. I, I don't really connect it myself. I mean, obviously, we, we, we do like dystopian sci-fi mm. lyrics uh, and there are elements in the music, in the kind of like chords, and tonalities and harmonies that I use that, that are sort of coming from movie scores. Uh, there's like John Williams and Hans Zimmer and stuff like that. There's like there's some common themes, but I when I write the music, I'm I'm like fully immersed in doing the music, mm. and I'm so I'm I'm not really I'm not seeing things in pictures or uh, I'm 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 in the world of music. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah. Well, I just hope hopefully uh, uh, an intrepid. Uh, director or someone involved in movies out there actually listens to this conversation and has yeah. a bit of an idea and says, you know what, you're right. I'm going to reach out to Pa. You know, I think I've been given a hint to wrap things up. So um, I'm, going to, I'm going to finish on a bag because you're my last interview for the night. Okay, so I've asked this question 
couple of times and I'm always intrigued by the response. But challenge is inevitable. Okay. So in your career as a musician, what's the greatest challenge or obstacle you've managed to overcome? Uh, I don't know. In my 20s, I had four years where I couldn't play guitar at all because mm -hmm. I had like repetitive strain injuries in, in both my arms. And, I, and nothing worked. Like I sought out different treatments and uh, mm -hmm. I was under candidate for surgery, I was told. So I, I just waited that out. And then I, once I got out of the of it, we started scar symmetry, and I was I was a young man. I was thirty. I didn't think I would ever have a career. I'm turning fifty now, you know, the things panned out pretty well yeah. in the end. So there you go. So indeed, have not, no nothing worries. has been very challenging <laughs> since that comparatively. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Definitely but thanks for watching, everyone. <laughs> we gotta go. They are knocking out. Before the, the power is to be. What a bloke. What a fantastic fella. Pa Nielsen from Scar Symmetry and also Meshuggah. Fantastic. All right, there are many more conversations that were recorded on 70,000 tons of metal, and you can find them right here on YouTube or over at Spotify. If you're listening via Spotify, they're all there, or any of the other podcast apps on which the show is broadcast. But I've made it easier for everybody if you want to go across to the website. Under the tab 70,000 tons, you'll find chats with the members of Carnation Unleashed, Tigers of Pantang, The Halo Effect, Sodom, Nocturnal, My Dying Bride, Inhuman Condition, Blood Red Throne, Angra, in addition to, to Par from Scar Symmetry. And there's also a bit of a rap there as well. All right, that's it from me. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast. Until the next one, it's a goodbye for now. <laughs>